Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Hello, Pubcasters, and welcome to a bonus shot. Shot, 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 shot. Round of the Pubcast. I'm joined by the relentless Ed Campbell, politics producer, the golden boy of politics, <laughs> Joe. How are you, mate? I'm doing well. I was wondering if you're going to call me golden boy again. I think I'm going to call you golden boy every time. Yeah, I like rel- it. relentless golden boy. Do, you like, do golden. you like it? I'll stop if you don't. No, it's grand. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll bring Sick. it up in my annual review. You should. Um, we are talking. We're doing this little treat for you all because... Keir Starmer said something good. He's given a speech today, Keir Starmer. Um, he sort of... They trailed it in the Times and... The leader of the Labour Party is pledging that his party will be the party of house building if they win the next general election, including, and this is sort of the crucial part, allowing building on the green belt. Starmer said he was pe- prepared to break the, quote, taboo of building on the green belt by allowing councils and local residents to do so, quote, if appropriate. He said it's important for local areas to have the power to decide where housing is going to be. And I think that is probably the most crucial part of what he had to say, and we'll come to that later. Um, The Labour leader also told the BBC today he was prepared to take tough decisions and back the builders, not the blockers. Uh, House building, Ed. We're pro. We're pro house building. Very, very, I'd say we're yimbies. Yeah, yimby. Big, big yimby. We're in the pocket of big yimby. (laughs) Big yimby. Yeah, no, it's sick. Like, genuinely, I think it's really good, exciting policy. Michael Gove admitted there's simply not enough homes in the UK. So what are you going to do about that? Build more? For sure. I um, have just come from having coffee with a think tank called the Centre for Cities. So I'm quite charged up and loaded on stats and info. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> jacked. I'm amped. Ready to unload. <laughs> um, they estimate that Britain has a shortfall of 4.3 million homes. Oh my God. Uh, and that's how many we need. So I mean, this is a start. I thought it was, um, I thought this is an interesting announcement because he didn't say, oh, what about brownfield sites? He didn't say, he literally, he's gone after the green belt. Um, he sort of like killed the sacred cow yeah. of, of housing. It's, Smash in case of emergency. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost, uh, it's more of 
like a statement of intention. Do you know what I mean? Rather, mm. th rather than being like, uh, this is what we'll do. Here's how we'll change the planning laws. Here's the money that's coming. It's more just like fucking buckle up, boys, because I am I'm coming for you. We're coming for your green fields. Yes, your beautiful green fields. Yeah, um, I think exciting. I think something. There has been criticism of this policy. Obviously, why wouldn't there be? Mm. But um, I think it's important to remember at this stage that the perfect is the enemy of good. Mm. At this point, it's, it is a good start to housing. If there's a four million house deficit, this is a decent start. But then there might be he might announce a raft of more pro housing policies. He might start talking about building houses on in um, derelict high street yeah, thing, yeah, sites, yeah. brownfield sites, things like that. I think this. this, this Hopefully, this is sort of a very exciting, very progressive housing policy. Before, uh, we'll go a bit deeper on it, but just momentarily, I wonder if housing ends up being sort of the defining issue of the general election and sort of, yeah, the, our politics going forward. I mean, it's been Brexit, right, for the last however many fucking years. And there's also the undertone running through this of Keir Starmer's kind of... Um, I guess you could call it an open relationship, polyamory with the truth and his promises. <laughs> um, so, you know, it remains to be seen. But it look it appears like housing's hotting up a bit, you know. Michael Gove was talking about it this week. Interestingly, I, I guess the Tory voters are kind of, no. <laughs> they're, they're hardcore NIMBYs. They're not in my backyard, right? They're, they don't want houses. Um, you know, they live in places like small villages in Kent and oppose the development of 3,000 homes uh, <laughs> near, near, near where they live, uh, as an unnamed uh, colleague of ours has complained. Um, <laughs> the Comment who you think it was. Yeah, exactly. And then the Labour voters who are much more pro, -yim, you know, they are Yimbies, right? They want the houses because they want to fucking live in them. So it's interesting. I mean, that could, it could mm. turn out being like the main fault line in an election. I don't think it will, but it could be, I guess, because no one's really that interested in courting younger votes, so, but it's a surefire way of getting them. Do you know who was quite, quite pro-Yimby? Who? The good people of the National Conservative Conference. Yes. I spoke to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 you'd say, you asked them what their priority was, their, um, for the next election, and they said, build more housing. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a, I think there's a recognition, well, across the political spectrum, that that's a vote winner. Yeah. At yeah. the next election. And I think if that's something that, well, if you're attending, the National Conservatives Conference, I imagine you might have quite different ideas from a centrist Labour Party leader, mm. but NatCons, Keir Starmer, hand, bloody housing. Hand like, in hand, fucking yeah. smashing it, lads. No, I, no, I agree. Um, your man, friend of politics, Joe, Tom Jones, uh, said to me, we were, we were chatting after I did the interview the, uh, yesterday, and he said... Um, there's actually like, a do economically at least, there's actually quite a, f a fair degree of overlap between what he perceives, you know, we know each other, but not that well, what he perceives as kind of my politics and the politics of politics Joe and the NatCons, economically, mm -hmm. because they are interventionists. They do believe in, you know, a radical degree of house building, where we differ obviously is on social, social and cultural issues, but we've, we spoke about that at length yesterday, so we won't need to reopen that tin of it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Not another one? It's the Politics Show podcast. The crucial part for me with this statement from Starmer was that bit about local communities. It's important for local areas to have the power to decide where housing is going to be. Because that, for me, is the fucking problem. Yeah, that's a big caveat, isn't it? Is it they've got the power, it's out of my hands, yeah. it's up to your <laughs> Let me local tell councillor you. who's been there for 40 years, who's the founder of the Greater Gloucestershire NIMBY party. Yeah, no, mate, <laughs> let, me t- let, me, let me tell you, Sakir, what those local communities <laughs> are going to say. And it's going to be, no, no thank you, we don't want your houses. I mean... You can you can sort of add caveats and, you know, and I would say, no, build the houses. And when people say, what about the schools? What about the roads? What about all of the services that we rely on and will become overcrowded? I say, yes, legitimate concerns. We will also build, you know, a new GP surgery. We will put in a new school. We will build a bypass to alleviate traffic flow or, you know, whatever it is. I don't think the two have to come uh, separately, if you will. But I, there's also a kind of... Um, there's like there's 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 a broader problem here, which is with with our planning system as a whole. There's a few things you need to sort of boost the amount of houses in this country. One is you know uh, to give councils and empower councils, give them the funds to build new houses, whether it's by grant, whether it's through low interest loans, whatever it is, you can you can give them the funds to do it. But the big big problem is the planning system, and to now completely lift what I've just been told over coffee with this think tank because <laughs> I'm going to shock you. I'm not an expert on planning reform. The UK has a discretionary planning system, which is actually a bit of a standout from large parts of Europe and other places in the world, i.e. It's, it's done on a case-by-case basis. And in each of those cases, you know, strong local opposition will almost always trump and knock the proposed developments down. If you change that to a more, and, and by the way, those places that don't have this discretionary system have better housing outcomes than we have in this country. If you change that system to a rules-based system, so it's not done on a case-by-case basis, you say, here are the rules you have for your development. If you fulfill these rules, you'll be granted planning permission. Now, what those rules are, that's where the conflict comes in. So, for example, would you, would you permit development on the green belt? That's, that's one type of issue. But it might be, you know, on a plot of a given land, let's say, I don't know, one acre, you are allowed to develop three dwellings or five dwellings. Or in the case of a city, maybe it's, you know, a six-storey tower block, whatever. But if you fundamentally reorient the planning system towards that, so it's rather than a developer has to go, right, well, we'll have to sink, or an individual, I don't know, we'll have to sink 30 grand into architect's designs, into a decent lawyer to try and shepherd this through, and then we're going to do all of that, and actually it'll go to a council meeting, and they'll say, uh, sorry. Obviously, you're disincentivized to build. Mm-hmm. If you can go into that process, go look down the checklist and say, okay, we adhere to all of these rules that you've set, this development will fulfill those developments, you then go, okay, well, I know that we're going to, get, we're going to, be, able to, we're going to be able to build this thing. Um, and I think that's certainly something that needs to be looked at as well. Mm. Definitely. I wonder if there's 
wonder why he's not going for. Well, I, I do know why. But it's interesting he's, he's not announcing more social housing being built. Yeah. Because fundamentally, if it's not enough homes, that's a, probably an easier system. Yeah, completely. Um, I, I can't remember the quote off the top of my head, so you'll have to forgive me. But there was, there was a line in one of the interviews or in the speech about developers. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, that's also a, a, a little bit of a red flag because private developers are not the friends of people who who want to be well housed, um, <laughs> the, the private developers land bank they buy vast swathes of land and they hold on to it to increase the value of other bits of land. You know, pass it off bit by bit by bit. But they are they have they have they have given us particularly when you talk, want to talk about it from a London perspective, and you know, they are tasked with providing us with affordable housing. Uh, they do not <laughs> with, a, with what affordable are you talking housing. About? We own central London flats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a huge role here for council housing. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely massive. Um, and or you know, from from a cost perspective, we, we basically chose as a society to in, instead of um, making the short term investments of building council houses and then collecting the rents on them, and you know, it comes good in the long term. We let we let. Tenants buy their council houses, and then we rolled out housing subsidy. Uh, sorry, housing benefit, which is essentially a subsidy to those people. Where does the money go? It goes to landlords. Most of, most of the people that are receiving that are living in what used to be council ho- homes that are now owned by private mm-hmm. landlords. Um, so that's part of it. But yeah, for sure, council housing is a massive, massive part of it. It should be, you know, that of that 4.3 million homes we need. I mean. Make a million of them council homes. Give them the money. Give bonfire of regulation and um, not building standards, but planning planning regulation that needs massive reform. Let them build it. And also, we don't have time for this now. But if you really want to get into my sort of like the weirder parts of my political brain, oh, um, no. we'll talk about like neo peasant peasant shit. Um, <laughs> you know, make it build a million agroforestry small holdings across this country. Um, you know, from from London to Manchester, and let's change the way that our relationship is with food production. Let's give people meaningful work. Let's give them secure housing, and also combat the climate crisis. But that Ed Campbell is a conversation for another day. If you're interested. In Ollie's uh, agroforestry <laughs> ideas, comment below and Ollie will launch a new podcast about it. Uh, Pubcasters, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.